Hello, dear viewer, dear listener. My name is Mumpuliki Luruma Mokobi, host of this show, Mokobi Nuggets of Wisdom podcast. Uh, we just recently emerged out of COVID. And uh, if there's one thing everybody has realized that the importance of farming, farming has been, you know, magnetized, has been uh, increased uh, exponentially just by the experience of COVID. So in that light, I thought it is important to invite a farmer entrepreneur to come and share with us some aspects about farming and to see how we can become uh, agropreneurs and get more involved in agropreneurship. If there's such a word, he'll, he'll define it for you in greater detail. My guest is Lucky Mudiwakani, Mudikwani, uh, who is going to talk in detail about this subject. Welcome to our studio, Mr. Mudikwani. Thank you, Mr. Mohabe, for having mm. me. Yeah. Yes. So, Mudiwakani, can we start with defining the subject we're going to discuss? We're going to talk about the re-evolution of the farming culture, the re-evolution of farming culture. Can you define the topic and break it down so that the viewer understands what we're talking about? Absolutely, sir. Um, when we address the words re-evolution instead of revolution, mm. we're talking mm. about a cycle because it's something that is happening again. Mm. A re is a repeat. Mm. Now, agriculture has never stopped evolving. Mm. From the moment that um, we stopped focusing on agriculture and went into mining, mm -hmm. right, it continued to evolve to date, mm -hmm. whereby we no longer need land to do plantations because we've got hydroponics. Mm -hmm. It has evolved to that stage. Now, it's now time for a re-evolution of the entire culture mm. of farming. Okay, I guess from that I'm going to ask you what's the hydroponics? Hydroponics is, um, is water farming, it's water plantations, mm. whereby you don't need land, mm. but um, there's a bit of a science, if I may say, right, of the water mm -hmm. uh, nurturing the seeds mm. into an actual plant. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is your background and how did you, how did you get into farming? Or farming entrepreneurship or agro? Agropreneurship. <laughs> I got into agropreneurship by default, Mr. Mokhobe. Uh, it was through a series of failures in ventures. <laughs> right. Um, for 15 years, I've been trading dogs, canines. And then I sold off the dogs, went into a butchery. Failed in the butchery. While I was in the butchery, I'd go out, go and purchase cattle. Right come back, sell them in the butcher, but I made a loss. Mm -hmm. So it collapsed and failed, mm -hmm. right? Which now led me to, wait, to, to rather study my losses as to which is the more fruitful venture. And I learned that the more money with the less stress is going out into the field to the farms, buying and selling cattle, mm -hmm. right? So I sold off my lease because I was in debt. I sold off my lease. Mm -hmm. And I started working on a business plan, a proposal. Um, they call it uh, speculation, right? Now, I took a trip from Malapolole, I went to Kanga to go and see a feedlotter. Mm -hmm. While with that feedlotter, I learned that we need to invest in the culture more than we need to invest in the project. Mm -hmm. 
So when you go out and take a loan or venture into something, as I believe you, you, you know very well, yes. <laughs> you need to be in it wholeheartedly, you need to live it. It needs to be a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah, so venturing into that introduced me to a whole new world I knew nothing about, or I knew very little about rather. Mm -hmm. Came to meet with farmers directly, lived with farmers, through failures, you get stuck, your truck wouldn't come, <laughs> you get stuck, you, you yeah. fail, mm -hmm. you know, but through those failures, it's a, it's, it's a learning curve. Okay. And it got to grow us. We've got 10 points to cover on this broad subject, but uh, let's start with understanding the culture. Mm -hmm. How do we understand the culture and what have you come to understand by the culture of farming? Um, firstly, I'd say we need to define the word itself, culture. <laughs> which in one word, we could simply say, or rather we could simply come to the agreement that it's a lifestyle, it's a way of life. Mm. And that's culture. Mm. So unless you are completely absorbed by that way of life, you, you are not necessarily um, engaged within that society. I'm with you. Yes sir, because that particular culture, it absorbs you and it's a community, right? So if once we establish that as a, that, that, that's a culture. Now, as a farmer, then you can understand agri or farming as a culture. It's a farming lifestyle. So whatever you do revolves around that farming lifestyle. Your basics are around that farming lifestyle. And so are your successes and your progresses. If you have a farm, Right? and you're a farmer in agriculture, through this culture absorbed, mm -hmm. you're going to build your house on the farm. It's your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It rotates around that. Everything is within that compound. When you go, you visit the city, mm -hmm. you don't visit the farm. Mm -hmm. You stay on the farm, in the premises, you visit the city to go get supplies. You come back into the farm. Just like our urban culture right now, we visit the outskirts. Mm -hmm. You come back to your houses. And then we come back to our urban culture. So it seems to me that we need to, for you to be successful, you need to reverse the mindset. I mean, no more this part-time business of weekend farming, which is what Botswana have been engaged in. Am I right? Yes, sir. To be successful in agriculture, we need to restructure the psychology, um, a person's understanding. Mm. Yeah. All right. I want us to talk about accessing the markets. Perhaps that subject we can deal in the context of your company, uh, what your company does and how you actually access those markets. Um, so what Tselayahu Investments does? Tselayahu Investments. Mm. <laughs> it's not Tselayahu, mm. but it's Tselayahu. Show people the, how it's spelled. Tselayahu. Trading and investment. Um, which... Some would say Bakalagadi would say or Yahweh is their word. Mm. Masut would say Yahweh is their word. Mm. <laughs> I want, but it's still a Yahweh. Mm. Now, what we do, or rather, how we started, we started off with online digital platforms to fuse and merge and simplify the trading of agricultural commodities. Because you will have a market, but your problem will be accessing that market. Right? Mm. So, to get access to the market, there has to be a certain facilitator, which is our online platforms, which will be launched 
in a number of days. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Right now, in the principle of business, the existence of a product, right, is to satisfy a certain need. Mm-hmm. Right, but the success of that product is relying on the access mm-hmm. to the consumer. Mm-hmm. So that access is very, very important because when you penetrate through, that's where you've got a successful business. And, and you talked of you talked of these uh, platforms. Are they apps, and how do they work? No, sir. They're not applications. Mm. They're websites. Mm-hmm. The reason why they're not applications and instead they're websites is because there's no rush to perfection. Um, as their websites, we first need to master some nitty gritties on them and also to acquaint people with them. Because for us on the back end, it's us collecting data, right? The moment we have perfected or we have seen all the gray areas and polished them up, that's when they'll come off as applications and not only servicing the Botswana market but also going out, because that's the whole aim. Let's just bring it down to the breast tax and into, let's make it practical. Let's talk in terms of me needing a bag of oranges, or, or for argument's sake, a box in a restaurant like this, needing a box of, uh, of meat. How would you assist and how, does the, how do you provide the access to the markets? Um, which one would you need? Uh, meat or oranges or both? Let's say I need both. <laughs> we'll give both examples, I guess. Um, we do have presence on a lot of farms as uh, farm managers. Um, in aid of, 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 of our, our farmers. And there are those farmers who are independent. They just come to us and say, help us with the market. We give them online stalls and we facilitate the trade. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we've got a database and a rotation cycle. Now, as, you, as, as we're a restaurant here, Black, mm. right, you need oranges. Or rather, let's use lemons. Lemons, yes. Yes, because we yeah, have been lemons. having lemon water. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, lemons are not year-round. Mm. They're seasonal. It's a citrus fruit. So we need to harvest and hold. Mm-hmm. Right? The good thing is that lemons are not perishable they've got to shelf life, right? It depends how you store them, isn't it? Also, all depending on how you store them. Mm. But they're not as sensitive as bolita matia. Okay. Now, what would happen is that with our database, we know who's harvesting when. Mm-hmm. And because of that, when, um, when Black puts in an offer, I'd like a box, 50 kgs of, of, of lemons, mm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we can furnish because we know which farmer to contact. Mm. And by so doing, connecting directly, the farmer gets a greater value. And the distribution outlet, which is black, gets to save on cost because they're buying and supporting the local farmer. Also increasing its market pool, which is how we access that market. I've always wondered about markets uh, in this, from this point of view. Every farmer wanting to sell to choppies or to, for argument's sake, any wholesaler and then saying that those wholesalers are buying at very low prices. What is preventing farmers from setting up a farmer's market? Uh, like in other countries, when I was in Mauritius, 
there was a market, a vast market in the, in the center of town where people were just coming to sell directly to the consumer. Never a question of uh, some wholesaler buying at a low price. Mr. Mohawab, farming Mugutwane is, is an investment, it's a passive investment. Mm. It's not a lifestyle. If it was a lifestyle, your children would also be involved. When you're busy uh, on the plantation, there is somebody out there at the market, already said that flea market, mm. it's the culture. The culture that we have, we are part-time farmers, which is why there's no 150% dedication to setting up a stall. Well, we want to talk about food security through production as a, a third point we want to talk about. So mm -hmm. uh, connect that with, with, with what you're saying, that we're part-time farmers. How do we change the mindset at a practical level? How do we do it exactly? The vision is big, it's large, but um, the start should always be small. Mm. Because um, farming, farming, farming is a business. It can also, it's a business. Mm. And through your journey as an entrepreneur, without failures or without having taken the first step. Yes, All right. and plenty of those. Absolutely. So now we start off small. We start off with a backyard garden, mm. right? Mm. Um, we've got certain programs that dissected about to include everybody mm -hmm. and encourage everybody to utilize uh, production as a form of food security. Because um, first and foremost, we say do it organically. Mm. The abundance, the leftover, we can now put it to the market. Yeah, no, while you're doing it organically, right, it's consumables, mm. right? And you're also learning how to maintain and sustain, mm. which comes about to food security and sustainability. And then you can now export out of your property into the open market. Or you can now transplant and go to the fields because now you've seen the benefits. Mm. On a number of occasions, yesterday I was with a lady in her backyard. Narakis and Nachis. Nachis, yes. yes, sir. She sold Nachis, which mm. she's planted in her backyard. And now she's actually seeing the fruit of the labor, mm. pardon the pun. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and she's seeing the purpose of going large scale. Mm. All right. Now, the, the government has always talked about food security. In fact, the previous regime specifically talked about backyard gardens and some people were ridiculing the idea. Um, Post-COVID, in, in the context of COVID, do you think the idea is catching on? And if, if it's catching on, uh, can you speak to that a bit more as to how, how you see it going from now on, now that COVID may have opened, hopefully opened people's eyes? It hasn't yet caught on, but it has been sparked. The seed has been planted, the tree hasn't grown. Mm. Right? Um, for agriculture, COVID came as a blessing in disguise because it debuted the, the, the essence of agriculture and food security. Mm. Right? Now, there's always been talk, which was good advice, that guys, 
or rather Beetsu. <laughs> Let us venture into backyard gardens. And there were never reasons behind it to motivate. If there was a reason good enough, you would have probably started it yourself, right? Mm. Yeah, no. COVID came in and became the reason to say, okay, I have no choice. The borders are closed. There's nothing that you can import. If you do import it, go into your, your retailers now. Staple foods have gone up. So we don't have a choice but to produce. But we don't have the skills to. So what does that mean? It means that we have to restructure the psychological DNA mm. by starting at home. Charity begins at home, so we have to do the backyard gardening. Mm. Now, for that to be successful, you need consultants, you need advisors, which is why we're there to practicalize it and not just preach it. Let's talk about mentorship, mentorship uh, grooming through production. What is, what is that concept and how are you applying it at a practical level? Um, mentorship and grooming is skills development and knowledge transfer. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, through my personal experience, I've never been a cattle breeder, but can I know money wine for now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And this is through the mentorship I got from my clients who started off as my clients. Now they're my personal advisors, right? They're father figures, they're brother figures. Mm which it not only goes now to, to, to just a simple element of grooming or mentorship, but also character development. Mm. To say, okay, in this culture, we are inducting you into the culture. This is the lifestyle. Okay. So the mentorship is very important because you're going to walk through a path that you've never walked before but somebody else before you has walked through it. And that person, that should be a mentor to advise you, guide you, consult you. That entire absorption, we collect all that data and we share it with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Which is why I, I actually believe that the mentorship is a great part of grooming in terms of skills transfer, right? Um, it's important and okay. essential. Let's talk about rehabilitation and intra-personal development. Rehabilitation normally is used in context where someone was on drugs and is being pulled back from that situation. You mean it differently here, obviously. That too. Hmm. Um, go to rehab, you have to labor to set out an addiction. Hmm. The purpose of the labor is to introduce a new addiction. Mm-hmm. Right. Go to prison, correctional facilities rather, right? Detainees have certain programs. That is to still keep their minds alive and active and introduce them to a new addiction, something more productive. Mm-hmm. Cultivating the land is a lot of work. Farming is a lot of work. It really deter- it defers your mind from the norm as we are now in the new norm. Mm. And that's how we come to psychologically restructure the mass communities by inducting them into the society mm. of the farming culture through the intrapersonal development and the rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, if I may just capitalize on rehabilitation, is not always negative. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. Um, 
for the mere fact that you've been doing something 21 times, it becomes a habit. Mm. Now, for you to let go of that, you need to be rehabilitated. Mm. In other words, you have to unlearn some things and relearn some things, some new things. Yeah, you just have to be willing to let go. You can still contain that lesson, but be willing to let go and trust in the process because now you're in a new culture, you're in a new community, a new Does society. Does your company offer any courses or any training in that regard? Yes, uh, uh, we've got an internship program. Um, we've got three farmers so far that have got five boys each. We're teaching them farm management. When they come from there, we set them up, now with experience. And our target market, or rather our target, our, our target rehabilities, <laughs> if that's a word, mm. would be um, young men, they feel they don't belong in society. And because they feel they don't belong in society, they stray from the society, and due to the lack of attention, they'll qualify all male figures as men are trash and so forth. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always a psychological reason that needs to be looked at. Right. So how do you target these people and how do you identify them? They're everywhere. Mm. An idle mind will tell you, there's a problem. Mm. A young, unemployment is a problem. Not just, there's no income, but what it breeds. When we come collectively, we're in a school, What's that conversation breeding? I'm staying in the city, I'm not working. Mm. I see my peer, he's working, he's living a certain lifestyle. I idolize it, I want it. How do I match up to it? Because I don't have a source of income. It's all about what it breeds. So now when we're breeding, we always need to go back to the root. We need to trace the pedigree. That's how we can eliminate the program. Mm. So, so you didn't answer me whether there are courses specifically like training where you put them in a classroom or in a farm room or whatever to teach them. Workshops. We, um, we're actually looking at starting workshops, right? But the courses that we so far have started are practicals. Mm -hmm. You go to an established farm. You learn at a practical level. Uh, one month. Mm. Okay. You learn at a practical level. Mm. Your theory, you get it from the farm managers there. Mm -hmm. They're your mentors. They're the so, ones that groom you. So is there money involved? For the first month, no. You're not getting paid. Oh, okay. And the reason for that is because... You should be paying yourself. You're being trained. Yeah. Oh, but okay. uh, aside from that, we'd actually like for you to volunteer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you can volunteer to do something. It's a good sign. It's a good sign how you be dedicated. So speak to the young men who might be watching. Um, I think your camera is that one. Yep. And make an appeal. Um, Somebody who may be unemployed, been frustrated in between jobs, but have some interest in agriculture, but doesn't know what to do. Gentlemen, if I may say, or bafue to Majita. You know, um, there's life out there, but you can't, you, you, you won't necessarily make it, especially in these times. If Mr. Mkhobe may just sponsor from time to time a venue, we could all come together, 
and have a group discussions as we introduce you into the wealth creation program that agriculture offers. Mm. And these will be through lessons and teachings that we've also absorbed from Bamadala, Kodi Plasing, Kodi Timong, and so forth. Then we put them on the table and say, guys, we would advise strongly to venture into this mm. because that's one way of actually standing your ground. That actually leads to my next point, which is job creation. Yes, sir. How do you get them to actually be employed? Or um, The job creation, if you're farming, you've created your own job. I believe a job is something that gives you an income. So if, you, if you're hustling and getting an income, that's a job, right? But now if you're farming and creating yourself an income, that's a job. If you create yourself a, a sustainable living, then my brother, you're never going to need to type up a CV again. Mm. And my sisters as well. Mm. <laughs> Not leaving them out. Yeah. Right? Um, this now, through agriculture, as an, empl- as an employee or an employment, uh, em- employment platform, mm. right? The crime rate is also going to go down. I could put my head on the block for that. Mm. Right? Now, there are those individuals by that are dedicated and committed to employment. They need to work. They can't do it on their own. They will not. They need, they need the predictability of a salary. They need the security, mm. right? Through this entire value cycle, we will capacitate those within the diaspora to say, okay, you're qualified in marketing. Mm. Here's a product for you to market. Here's a system for you to market. Mm. You're qualified in accounts. Do the books for this farm. There's a job in everything. Mm. Because, Mr. Mohabe, let's go back mm. in time, mm. right? The city, the urban area now, mm. it used to be the marketplace, which is how the Khansi show was born, mm. which is why the Pandamatenga show came about, mm. right? All the farmers were there, right, at their own farms, focusing on their productions. Mm. They'd come together on one day to show off their productions and trade. It's all commerce, mm. right? So the urban areas came about as trading facilities. That's how we absorb. Initially, yes. Yes, that's how we absorb the diaspora. Mm-hmm. We go back to the roots of the culture. When you say the diaspora, you mean people in the rural and other areas, or you mean even throughout, throughout uh, the, the world? Mm-hmm. Throughout. Mm-hmm. Throughout. Okay. Now let's talk about community development as we head towards uh, towards commercialization. Community development can be broken down, mm. right? Uh, through rehabilitation. Go back to that word again. Yes, sir. Uh, mm. Rehabilitation of a community, which is a large group. Mm. You could rehabilitate an individual. Mm. You could rehabilitate the large group. Mm. That's an entire community. Not only focusing on the infrastructural developments. They could happen where a cluster of people are living, which is also considered a community. So it, through the, the, the collective effort mm. and the collective contributions of communities, or rather um, a society of farmers mm. via the culture. Wow. Okay. Now, commercialization. 
commercialize uh, obviously uh, all these efforts have to be eventually be profitable yep. and have to be monetized monetized sufficiently to be profitable how do you go about that um get a farm manager from Tlaiah <laughs> get a farm manager from Tlaiah and we will commercialize or rather consult you advise you, you you basically look for the farm manager for farms who are employed by you how does it work we produce yeah. we engage the, the the basic principles of 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 the agriculture we produce yeah. we create the farm manager mm-hmm. yes sir the farm manager goes on to your farm with a with a book which this book is a report when you get consulted as a member being inducted as a member you be, you, you get a consultation mm-hmm. right when you get a consultation we have a checklist to get your objectives for no like no no batlar mo plasi ya gago tsoka masimo a gago right and then that's the objective that's the mandate that we drive but not only that but to also multiply the sources of income from your produce that's commercialization making your farm hold not just um, a savings account but a business that gives you a salary as well mm-hmm. i understand now diversified investment are you talking about different areas of farming activity mm. pastoral arable arable etc yes sir um it's not only about within the farm itself with with the commodities themselves mm-hmm. right but diversifying your investment for instance now comes the 20 luba la horoga right mind you your farm has to make money every right. day you have 20 cattle and then a drought comes the drought is approaching mm. right we would advise you okay sell everybody would advise you sell who goes high go didn't yeah right but then what are you going to do with that money how about you accommodate something you know it's still within the farming sector they can still go into the farm because your entire lifestyle is within the farm mm. okay back to the culture mm. right <laughs> your entire lifestyle is within the farm yes so why don't we introduce chickens for you mm-hmm. we'll manage that let's go for pigs mm. and then rotate all of that mm. mind you your money is not in a bank no right it's still on the farm it's just that the investment has been shifted mm-hmm. but still through because agriculture because these smaller ones are less vulnerable yes to drought they're drought resistant mm. and they've got a quicker turnaround time so either way khomeng ga go ntse a tsala mhm o ka tsa khomeng mela o ira morogo mhm wow and then of course when the drought ends when the drought ends is entirely up to you because either way hey Mm. after the drought this production mm. and now because now you've got a, um, an alternative source of uh, investment still on the farm mm. those are becoming their own businesses because they are getting a whole right so you don't need to sell them and go there but you can leave the cattle alone and let them multiply mm. now from there right Mm-hmm. then you can ukatlaola you sell them yeah. you go into property development you go into real estate you go into different avenues of investment well which leads us to the 10th nugget which i want us to talk about to i want you to highlight the profit motive 
Because in Botswana, we see those uh, Hansi farmers dressed in khakis, and uh, we know that they are doing well, but somehow people can't see themselves in khakis and, uh, and, and, and running large farms. Help us deal with that and, and understand how the profit mot motive can be heightened. Look, man, we all want money. Mm. <laughs> we all want money. Um, some people never saw themselves in suits mm. until they got their first paycheck. And that first paycheck bought them a shiny suit, got a three-quarter suit, a three-piece suit. You know, and that became the new norm for them because that's their culture. Now, if farming gives you a good check, you're going to get those khakis. Mm. Because your job entails your uniform to be those khakis. There's a reason why the culture calls for you to wear in a certain manner, mm. dress in a certain manner. It's to accommodate the job that you do, mm. which pays you. Now, there's more money at the farm and getting dirty in creating money than there is in working for money. Through agriculture, Mr. Mohobe, you're creating wealth, meaning that you're making money. Your farm is a money machine. You're essentially a central bank, you're manufacturing money. Mm. Because people will never stop eating. Mm. So for the mere fact that you're, you're creating, you're, you're producing food, you're making money, you're creating. So really, in terms of success, the farmer should be at the top of the value chain. Absolutely. But why isn't he? Intermediaries, mm. the access to market, the access to market. If I have an access to market, I'm going to buy at a less price mm. from you. Mm. Meaning that I, <laughs> I'm going to extort you. Mm. So that I, and then I'm going to sell it at, at a high price. Mm. So as a middleman between the farmer and the end retailer, what then happens for the consumer, the price is extremely high. Mm. That's why the farmer can't really progress. But with access to the market, direct market, which is where we come in. Mm. All right. As we conclude our conversation, can you look at the uh, camera and share with the viewer how they can access you and what products, once again, you, are, you can offer to the market and, and also, obviously, your contact details. Yes, sir. Um, you could go onto Facebook, Zelayaho Investments. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Zelayaho Investments. You will get the latest updates of the products that are on sale, particularly the livestock. Also, should you need to contact anybody that's, um, the lines are down, send us an inbox. You're more than welcome. You could jump onto our website, www.tselayagwe.co.bw, right? Telafwe.co.bw. Get a bit more information about what it is that we do. <laughs> um, Give us a call, 766-284-32. Get a bit more information on what we do. There will be other notification avenues um, that will be circulating around, God willing. Partnerships will be struck. Propositions are on the table, right, to circulate and also to endorse each and every single farmer out there, right? Go onto YouTube, subscribe and like the Nuggets of Wisdom. 
because even through that we are going to force our way <laughs> onto the nuggets of wisdom yeah. to showcase some of our interns at their farms mm. to showcase some testimonials as well this is through uh, the endorsement of Mr. Mokhob and the Nuggets of Wisdom. <laughs> we've, yeah. take, we've taken it, we've hijacked it, eh? Yeah, no, I like it, I like the hijack. Um, yeah. Oh. Um, we'll also be um, showcasing indirectly mm. some, some, some Nuggets of Wisdom from elder farmers that cannot make it mm. into the urban areas mm. so that everybody is enlightened. We will also be sharing those also on our face on, on our digital platforms. Mm. Right, so that everybody has access. Okay. Thank you so much for doing so much for the farmer and the farmer entrepreneur or the agro entrepreneur. It was one of those thrilling shows. I really had a great time. Let me acknowledge you and congratulate you for what you're doing. May you go from glory to glory. Can you go from level to level? All the very best, sir. Thank you very much for having us, sir. Uh -huh.